Let's just pray for those that have gone out. And also, I just want to pray for us again that that Spirit of God will rest upon us this morning. I, I, in my spirit, I, let me be honest with you, I have found this a very difficult preach to put together. I felt God really speaking to me. I felt God challenging me. And I want to share what I feel God's put on my heart. But I want to ask the Holy Spirit to come in a very special way this morning. Father God, thank you for your Holy Spirit's presence with us. Thank you that you have sent your Holy Spirit to us. Thank you that you have given us your Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord, that your Holy Spirit is the one who works in us to bring us to the point of salvation. And he is the one who works in us to fulfill your plans and purposes in our life through the rest of our life here on earth. Father, thank you. I just ask now this morning that your Spirit will fall on us in a fresh way. Lord, I don't care where anybody is. I don't care whether people have had the baptism of the Holy Spirit this morning or whether they just know about the Holy Spirit. I pray, Spirit of God, will you come and will you do a work in our hearts this morning? Encourage us, build us, challenge us, but do a work in our hearts, Lord. Just anoint the words that I say. I pray that, Lord, you'll help me to forget those things that aren't important and that you'll bring to mind those things that are. We ask this, Lord, because we know that everything is really about your Spirit's work in our heart, setting alight the words and making them living in our hearts. And so, Lord, we ask you to come. Come by your Spirit, Lord, in the name of Jesus, and we give you thanks. Amen. This morning we continue the series that uh, we're on at the moment called Climb Every Mountain. And... um, Today's topic is prayer. I'm not going to do an extensive, in-depth teach on prayer this morning. I'm sorry, there's just too much of it to do that. Um, But I want to start this morning by looking at Luke. Luke chapter 22. And I've gone and forgotten my doobree. There you go. That one. See if it's on. Yep, there we go. Let's start by reading together Luke chapter 22, um, verses 39 to 46. Then, accompanied by the disciples, Jesus left the upstairs room and went as usual to the Mount of Olives. There he told them, Pray that you will not give in to temptation. He walked away about a stone's throw and he knelt down and he prayed. Father, if you are willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet I want your will to be done, not mine. And then an angel from heaven appeared and strengthened him. And he prayed more fervently. And he was in such agony of spirit that sweat fell to the ground in great drops of blood. And at last he stood up and he returned to the disciples only to find them asleep, exhausted from grief. Why are you sleeping, he asked them. Get up, pray, so that you will not give in to temptation. The series Climbing Mountains that we're on, I just feel that this morning God's plan for us is to encourage us. 
I, I, I don't know about you, I felt I've needed God's encouragement through this week, through the, 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 the last weeks. And I know that there are others here in the, in, in the meeting this morning who you are just, you want God to encourage you. You want God to give you that strength to get through the next phase, the next few days. I just feel that what God's put on my heart to say this morning is that God is aware of your situation. He's aware of your situation. He understands what you are going through. He understands your struggle. He's aware of it. He sees your heart. He sees the battles that you're going through. He understands those struggles and he is near. It may not feel like it, but the truth is he is near. At the very least, if you're born again, if you've given your life to Christ, you have the Spirit of God within you. When we are born again, when we become Christians, when we give our life to Christ, the Spirit of God is in us. At the very least, you have the Spirit of God in you. But I believe God wants you to know his presence, wants you to know that he's with you even more. And this series, Climb Your Mountains, I think is so apt. You know, over the years, I have, I, I love swimming, I enjoy swimming, and I've just started swimming again, and I'm, I'm really, really enjoying myself doing it. I, when I was younger, and I, when I was an awful lot younger, I used to, I used to swim a mile three times a week in the morning before work, and then I'd go to work, and it would absolutely set me up, I'd be full of energy and everything afterwards, and it was just great. I, was, I loved it. I was built like a stick as well. So unlike now, where I have a little bit of bo- a flesh on my bones to, to hold me together. But I was, and, and even it was before I got married to Sharon. And if you look at some of the photographs of me and my wedding, it's like I'm a stick man. You've got sticks going across, stick going up and down, and then the, the suit hangs on me. But I digress. I love swimming. And I love swimming up and down. I just love going backwards and forwards in the swimming pool. 50, 60, 100, 160. I worked out, if I do 160 lengths in the swimming pool at the, at the sports centre in the town, I'm, I've swum a mile. So my aim is to get up to 160 lengths. I won't say how long it'll take me, but my aim is to get up to 160 lengths. Somebody said to me the other day, what? That's so boring. You're just going up and down, up and down, up and down. I said, no, it isn't. He said, you need to go to the gym. That's, that's where I know. The gym is boring, I said. I like swimming up and down. I do. I, it's some, I don't know. I can zone out. I can swim. I can think. I can pray. All sorts of things go on while I'm just going up and down. And interestingly as well, I've had some very interesting conversations with people when I've been in the pool swimming and stopped to have a little breather in between. By the way, I'm not doing 160 lengths at the moment. I've just crept up to 25.30, okay? So... <laughs> To get back to my point, when you're doing this sort of stuff, when you're doing that long distance stuff, when you're running a long distance race, when you're running a marathon, when you're doing that thing, there comes a point, for me, there comes a point somewhere around about 20 and 23, when I'm thinking, I've done enough. And I think, oh, well, 23 is not that far away from 25. Maybe I'll just do a couple more and I've done 25. And then I hit 25 and I think, well, I've only got five more and I've got 30. And so I press through. And then I discover what actually happens is I find I'm creeping up to 35 because actually once I've got going, I've got that second wind. Sometimes our walk with God, our Christian walk, our, our walk of faith is like that. 
it's like a never-ending series of mountains. It's, it's, you get to a mountain, you climb that mountain, and when you get to the top, what do you see? Another mountain. You've heard that sort of poem. Um, what was it? A bear went to the top of a mountain and looked across and saw another mountain. A bear went up to the top of a mountain. He looked across and saw another mountain. I can remember as kids, we used to say this over and over again, drive everybody nuts, because that's all there is to it. But sometimes the Christian walk feels that way. Well, it does for me anyway. We climb a mountain and there's another one to climb. And I believe that this series, this series, Climb Every Mountain, is really about what God is saying to us. Keep going on, guys. Climb that next mountain. Don't give up. I'm with you. I'm near you. I'm there with you. Get that second wind and keep going. The scripture in, in Hebrews, Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, and uh, it says this, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now he is seated in the presence, in the place of honor besides the throne. Our walk with Christ is about climbing those mountains and keep on climbing those mountains and keep on climbing those mountains. Galatians, Galatians 6, 9 says, so let us not get tired of doing what's good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. And then there's this other passage in Chronicles. Interestingly, this, 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 this particular verse comes at the end of the Lord speaking to the, the nation of Israel saying, come on, you've got to follow me, you've got to listen to me, you've got to do the things that I've, I've given you. And then he says, as for you, be strong and courageous for your work will be rewarded. I believe the Lord is saying that to us. Keep on keeping on. Keep on pressing in. Keep on hoping. Keep on trusting. Keep on expecting. Keep on praying. Don't give up. But don't forget, today is Pentecost Sunday. And it's not just a hard slog on our own. We have the Holy Spirit to help us. That changes everything. We had a wedding yesterday and we were talking about marriage. Marriage is changed when God is in the middle of it. Our lives are changed when the Holy Spirit, when God is in the middle of our lives. He gives us the strength. He teaches us, he encourages us. Those things Sharon was talking about, reading out at the beginning strengthens us, empowers us. He even prays for us. God has given us the perfect gift to keep on keeping on, to climb every mountain. Robinson Tobbers, uh, uh, he's, he's a commentator, and in his commentary, he wrote a commentary on Job, but he says this, and it really struck me as interesting, and I was really challenged by this particular bit that I read. It says, prayer is like the dove that Noah sent forth you remember Noah? 
He's been on the water, he's been bobbing up and down, he's trying to work out whether the sea, whether the water's gone down yet, whether, whether the, the, they can get out, what they need to do. And he opens the little hole and he sends a dove out. And the dove returns and he says, prayer is like the dove that Noah sent forth, which blessed him not only when it returned with the olive leaf in its mouth, but when it never returned at all. Prayer is like the dove that blessed not only when it returned with the olive leaf, but when it never returned at all. I believe that the Lord wants to speak that into somebody's soul, into somebody's heart. I felt that as I was preparing this. And then as I was preparing this, I felt the Lord really putting that into me, speaking that into me as well. It's not just because we see amazing answers to prayer. We pray for things, we ask God to do something, and we expect to see something happen. It's not just in those minute moments, it's not just in those situations that we can say, God is with us, God is close to me. It's also in the moments when the dove doesn't seem to come back at all, when the prayers that we pray seem to just disappear. There's a story of an old woman who many, many years ago went from home to home across the countryside, knocking on doors, selling, selling bits and pieces, buttons, shoelaces, all that sort of thing. And as she travelled from place to place, she would come to crossroads with no names on them. And so to find out which way to go, she would take a stick, she would throw it in the air, and wherever the stick landed, whichever way it was pointing, that's the way she went. One day somebody said to her, why do you keep throwing the stick in the air? as she's standing at a crossroads trying to work out where to go. And the old woman looked at the, the, the young person asking and said, because it's pointing left and I want to go right. And she continued to throw the stick in the air until it pointed right. Sometimes, sometimes we do that with prayer. Now don't take me wrong, I'm not saying that God told us to be persistent in that prayer, to come back to him, to keep praying, to keep trusting. But sometimes we use, as I used to say, and I, I, I can remember when God really spoke this into my heart, our, our son Nathan had projectile vomiting, and boy did he have projectile vomiting. It was all over the place, literally. Um, we couldn't go anywhere with him. We always had loads of towels and, 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 and uh, all sorts on us. It was just, it was so stressful. And I was praying. I was praying and asking God to fix this problem. I knew what I needed. I knew what needed to happen. I was just praying and I was asking God. And it felt like nothing was happening. It just didn't stop. And then one day God spoke to me and he said, look, I did actually tell you what you need to do. And at the time we were going to a Baptist church and um, it was quite a sort of, I don't know, it was quite a staid Baptist church. They didn't have anything, nothing much exciting happened there. Um, we felt God had said that we should go, so we were going there. And the Lord had said very, I, I felt it was one of these brief things, the Lord had just said, take him forward at church and ask for prayer. And I thought, no, I can't do that. We've never done that at church. Nobody's ever asked for prayer at church. Ever. And the Lord reminded me and said, I've told you what to do. So I went, I spoke to the pastor, we asked for prayer. Turns out somebody else the day before had asked for prayer. He said, I don't know what to do, what do we do? We've never done anything like this. The pastor's asking me this. 
And I said, well, okay, we've got communion next week uh, on Sunday, haven't we? And I think it was after communion, if I remember correctly. I said, oh, and we can pray. We can have communion. And then actually just ask us to come forward. You just pray. Ask God to heal. Ask God to... And then, and then we sit down again. I said, it's as simple as that. And we did. We went forward, prayed and sat down. The other person who asked for prayer received healing, whatever it was, I can't remember. And Sharon and I, I think it was, was it her back? Yeah. But then Sharon and I suddenly realized, or at least I did anyway, I was halfway through the next week when I realized Nathan had stopped being sick. It had just gone. The first time, with all my prayer, I tried to tie a lever. This, this image of a tire lever. If I can make the, 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 the lever that I'm crying out to God with big enough and strong enough, if I can get enough people praying. I was asking all sorts of people to pray. I was, I was sending away to people who I knew to have prayer ministries and all sorts. I was just so intent on getting God to answer my prayer. And what I hadn't done was listen. Sometimes God doesn't. The, the, the dove does not return. Remember this, it says in Psalm 139, The Lord, O Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up, you know my thoughts. Even when I'm far, far away, you see me when I travel and when I rest at home. You know everything that I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it, Lord. And then look at this next one. John 14:27 I am leaving you with a gift peace of mind and heart and the peace I give you is a gift that the world cannot give so don't be troubled or afraid God knows you he knows what you need when you pray it's not that he hasn't heard you it depends what you mean by heard if you're using the word heard to mean he's heard me and, and sorted out the problem that i've put before him well maybe he has but maybe he's not done it in the way you think but god hears you because he knows everything about you but equally jesus said i am leaving you a gift peace of mind and heart and the peace that i give is a gift the world cannot give so don't be afraid or troubled. Sometimes that non-returning of the dove, that quietness, that silence that we think is from God because God hasn't heard us, is because God is actually saying to us, I just want you to have my peace. I want you to have my peace as you walk through, as you climb this hill, as you deal with this situation. Not because the situation is gone. Those tire lever prayers are about God. Remove this so that I can have your peace. What God wants for us is that we have the peace whether the situation changes or not. The world cannot give this gift because in the world, peace comes when the situation is changed. You stop the problem. You fix the problem. Something is done and so your peace returns. But with God, it is not situational. It is rooted and grounded in a gift, a grace gift of God. The peace of God that passes all understanding. Do you know, I have been... I mean, the other thought that came to me was God taking you through. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, what happened to them? They got thrown in the fire. They prayed. They had peace. But they still got thrown in the fire. God was with them in the fire. I must admit, I've been challenged on this and I've 
been praying into my own life. Father, give me your peace in spite of what I'm facing. Yes, change this. Yes, I'm not saying we don't pray for that. Of course we do, because we're worried about it. We're human beings. We have feelings, and I'll come to that in just a second. But I'm learning to say, Lord, first give me your peace, and then sort the problem out for me. Because I want to walk into it in peace. And if I'm honest, it's not always easy. But God is gracious, God is good. Let's come to the passage that we read. You thought I wasn't going to come back to Matthew, to Luke 22, didn't you? <laughs> Let's come back to that passage. In that, Luke 20, uh, in that Luke, we see, what do we see in there? And there's just a couple of points I want to pull out about Jesus that can encourage us. We see Jesus praying. We see Jesus praying. He did that frequently. I need my water. I'm running out of... There we go. Got a dry mouth. He did that frequently. If we look in scriptures, we see loads and loads of situations where he's praying. I mean, I, I did, a, I did a, a study on this. He prayed alone. He prayed in public. He prayed before meals. He prayed over important decisions. He prayed before healing. He prayed after healing. He prayed about what the Father's will is. And I've got all the scriptures to those if you want them after so I can give them to you. In fact, I've got a further 36, no, 32, over 32 other scriptures going just through the Gospels that all point to the points when Jesus prayed. Jesus prayed. He just prayed. It was something he did. And if, we, if, if you remember this, this passage, uh, the, the, the one at the top there, that very short passage, 1 Thessalonians 5.17, never stop praying. Paul is, is encouraging us to keep on praying. I wonder sometimes whether that is why Paul, that is why he, was, he knew that Jesus just prayed all the time. Everything Jesus did was about prayer. We're not talking about somebody walking around with their hands together like this. We're talking about Jesus whose life was a life of prayer. And he prayed so many different ways. And look, and if you look at the one underneath that, it says in Luke 18, it says there, then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. So this story in Luke 22 shows us that Jesus prayed. But it shows us something else. And this is something that, again, I was challenged about as I was studying and thinking. It shows us Jesus' humanity. Think about it. Think about it. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16 says, This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testing that we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. C.S. Lewis, in a little book that he wrote called Letters to Malcolm on Prayer, actually was not a, a letters to Malcolm as such. There were his thinking. He was thinking out loud about prayer and put some very interesting thoughts in there. And on this particular chapter, he, he deals with it in there, and on this particular chapter, he just says this, and this really, really made me think. He says, he says this, lest any trial incident upon humanity, that is, anything that comes to us, any problems, anything that we face, any trial incident upon humanity should be lacking the torment of hope, suspense, anxiety, were at the last moment 
loosed upon him, loosed upon Jesus. What do we see in that story? We see Jesus sweating great drops of blood. It says he prayed, the angel, an angel came and, and, and strengthened him, it says. And it says he prayed more fervently and he was in such agony of spirit that his sweat fell to the ground like great drops of blood. That wasn't just Jesus sitting there, serenely praying, saying, Father, take this away. Oh, well, okay, God, that's fine. Thank you, Father, I'll go through it. No, that was Jesus. That was his humanity. Jesus was not only God, he was utterly man as well. Man without sin, utterly perfect, but he was man. That means he understood he understood the stress of waiting for something to happen. He understood the stress of expecting something terrible to happen. He understood the stress of knowing we couldn't get out of it and walk away from it. And sometimes we need to know, what is the point of what I'm saying here? Jesus knows. He understands at a level that is more than just a cerebral thing. He understands. Our Saviour has been through everything that we can ever go through and he's gone through it and it's been far worse for him than it will ever be for us. Because he was the Son of God, perfect, utterly perfect, and he knew he was going to have to take on my sin. Remember this. He knows. He understands. Briefly then, just a couple of points on prayer. I felt that what God wanted to do this morning was to encourage us. He knows. He understands. He's with us. Keep on going. Those were the important points that I felt God put on my heart for this morning. But just a couple of other bits. D.L. Moody made a visit to Scotland in the 1800s. And opening up one of his, his talks, he opened it with this question, what is prayer? To his amazement, hundreds of children's hands went up. You just imagine, can't he? he's in this big sort of thing and all these kids' hands go up. This is what is prayer. So he decided to call on a lad sitting near the front who promptly stood up and he said, Prayer is an offering up of our desires unto God in the name of Jesus Christ by the help of his spirit with confession of our sins and thankful acknowledgement of his mercies. This is the answer to question 98 in the Westminster Catechism. And then sat down. Would you like me to say that again? Oh, slowly. That's not how the boy said it. <laughs> Prayer is an offering up of our desires unto God in the name of Christ by the help of his spirit with confession of our sins and thankful acknowledgement of his mercies. And then he said, this is the answer to question 98 in the Westminster Catechism. All these kids had learnt their catechism and they threw their hands up to read it out. To this, and it finishes with, to this, Moody response, responded with, be thankful, son, that you were born in Scotland. <laughs> But there is a truth in there. It is about communion with God. It is about a conversation with God. Prayer is. It is about offering up our desires to God in the name of Jesus Christ. It is about the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. That's what prayer is. It is a grace gift from God by the work of his Holy Spirit. 
Prayer is a wonderful thing. Prayer is an amazing gift. I believe prayer is a grace gift. God allows us to speak to him. The Almighty, the Holy One, he allows us to come into his presence. And Jesus taught us that we can come to to Father and say, Abba, Father, my Father. Look at the, the, the Lord's Prayer. That, that's not a pattern to pray. That's just, that, sorry, that's not a prayer just to repeat. That's a pattern that shows us how we pray. Talk for another day. Why do we pray? Well, I'm not even going to try and answer that question because there's so many reasons why we pray. Because we need help. Because we love God. Because we want this to change. Because that person needs something. Because we want to be filled with the Spirit. Because we want to be born again. Because we want to know that God is working in us. Because we're feeling afraid. Because we're feeling happy. Because we're feeling sad. Why do we pray? We pray for so many, many, many different things. Is there anything we shouldn't pray for? I would say no. When do we pray? Well, we've already touched on that. We pray all the time. Jesus prayed all the time. Why do we pray? Because, because Jesus prayed and because Jesus told us to pray. When do we pray? Pray always. So do we walk around praying all the time? Well, yeah, in one sense, I think we do. It doesn't mean we close our eyes and put our hands together. That could get a little bit awkward. But we do pray all the time doesn't matter. Pray in tongues, pray in English, pray. Just talk to the Lord. Share your life with him. Again, when I was talking about marriage yesterday, I was talking about it's, it's a sharing, it's a coming together, there's a oneness between husband and wife. There, there is a, a coming together and a sharing of, of, of life. And in the same way, what we are doing when we pray is sharing with God. We're allowing him to share with us. And what we're doing is we're bringing our desires and we're saying, Father God, I want you to help to change my thinking. Well, if I'm honest, I don't always pray that way. But I want to pray more that way. I want God to inspire me and change me and work in me so that my desires become his desires. Prayer, prayer will help us discover his will, his heart, his nature, his grace, his compassion, his presence, his comfort, his strength, his peace. My peace I give to you. A grace gift. How to pray? Just get on with it. There is no, interestingly, and I've sort of left my notes now, there is interestingly, when you look at the discussions on prayer and you read what others have said about prayer, there is no actual prayer that is written down for us to pray. The Lord's Prayer, you may say, yeah, but that's not a prayer to be repeated so much as a prayer to be used to shape how we pray and how we come before God. What God wants with us in prayer is a relationship. My plan for this morning was to encourage you to keep on. Just keep on. Keep on. That mountain, just say, I'll do another three steps. 
Have you ever been, I've been out with Sharon sometimes and every now and again her legs will play up or my legs will play up and we're thinking, oh, the car's all that far back. And in my mind, what I do is I say, I've just got to take another couple of steps. I've just got to take another couple of steps. And maybe that's what you need to do. In prayer, take another couple of steps. But remember, ask God to give you his peace so that as you go through the situation, that peace of God that passes all understanding will keep your heart and your mind. Let me be really brutally honest with you. This morning, I was worrying about preaching this. I was over the road, walking up and down, looking at my notes, and suddenly I just prayed, Father God, give me your peace in spite of whatever may or may not happen. And you know, I really suddenly felt a peace come upon me. It's not always as quick as that and as easy as that, but I just want to say my testimony is that even this morning, the Lord touched me and gave me peace. I think prayer is really important. One of the things I just wanted to finish with is two things, really. One, if you want prayer this morning, if we've been talking about the Holy Spirit, we've been remembering the coming of the Holy Spirit, if you want to know more about that, come and find me, Malcolm, Barry, one of us. We'll chat to you about that. If you need prayer this morning, well, just hang around. Come forward. We'll pray with you. But also, I just wanted to say that I've had on my heart that we should start a prayer meeting in our church. And I've, I've, I've put, I, I'm, I'm suggesting... No, I've decided. I don't know how to put it. <laughs> Sunday, the second Sunday in the month, in the evening, 7 o'clock, three quarters of an hour to an hour, come together and we'll pray together as church. Don't ask me what we're going to pray for. I don't know. The Lord will show us what we're going to pray when the time comes. But the idea really is that just as a church, we start spending more time praying together. I'm not saying we don't pray. I'm not saying we don't pray in our groups. I'm not saying you don't pray for each other. I'm not saying we don't pray at home. I'm just saying, I just want to add, for me, it's just something I felt that we needed to do. And I've shared it with the other elders and they're happy with that as well. So second Sunday in the month, starting next month, 11th of next month, here, 7 o'clock in the evening, and it'll only be for three quarters of an hour or an hour, and we can pray together. And again, the idea is not a big long list of, no, I won't come with a long list of things to pray for. We'll come, we'll listen to God, we'll hear from the Spirit, we'll talk about what needs praying, and we'll pray together. Father God, thank you for your word to us today. Thank you, Lord, that you have given us this awesome gift of prayer, but also you've given us this gift of your peace. Now, Lord, continue with us, I pray, by your Holy Spirit. In your name, amen.